for more information. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You are in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green's here as well, playing on his phone, getting those last-second text messages out. Hey, you know, sometimes just, things just have to be done. <laughs> it is it is officially draft season, yeah. which means uh, I'm going to be on my phone a lot. You got Sorry. your sources working already? Uh, no, that's They're, not what this was. But it, that will happen from time to time. <laughs> He's got his sources working on uh, working on the news cycle to see just if the Jets are going to take Devontae Smith number two overall. Oh. <laughs> I got to stop hitting that bell so hard. Yeah. That you, bell is. You get a little too, too overexcited. The bell does not like it when your entire hand comes down across it. It needs to. needs to be a very dainty. Yeah. That's it, I, don't, I don't do that well. I, I don't want to just. <laughs> it is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You can take us with you everywhere you go, live or on demand. Uh, and this hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles Low Prices. Love the savings. We had the national championship last night in college football. And, and, and rumor has it that Ohio State's going to figure that out sometime about oh, five Eastern today. <laughs> come on. They showed up well in the first quarter. Uh, and then it got ugly. After that's that. like saying you took a flight and the pilot got it off the ground. And yeah. then from there, it was a disaster. Well, I mean, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you hit a little bit of turbulence. Sometimes you have to dodge a mountain or two. Uh, they didn't They didn't dodge the mountain. <laughs> and the mountain's name was Devontae Smith. Whoa. And he just demolished them. Yeah. When you have 215 yards in a half, yeah. uh, that's, I think that's good. Yeah. It, Went, I, I'm getting that right, right? Yeah, it went pretty swimmingly uh, for Devontae Smith last night before he broke the finger, which Whoa. still just... Can, can we not replays, show those things 58 times? Just replays over and over and over again. Watches his index finger goes lifeless after <laughs> this crushing hit. Yeah, as somebody that's done that, just don't... Just please stop showing yeah, that. Yeah, so 52-24 was the final score last night. Alabama winning Nick Saban's seventh title as a head coach. His sixth since joining Alabama. In in 14 years, he's been to the national championship game eight times. I'm still baffled by that stat. Like, My- I've seen it. We've all watched this develop over the years. But just let that sink in. Only six years that he's been in Alabama that he has not been in the title game. My favorite stat I've heard from Alabama since Nick Saban took over, he has not had one recruiting class that has not won a national title. (laughs) Not one. It's wild to think about. And the thing that we didn't really get into this morning in the sportsocracy, at the sportsocracy on all the social medias, we go live at 9 a.m. every weekday morning on Facebook and YouTube. Um, this morning we didn't really get into the fact that you know this isn't going to stop. 
No. This isn't no, going to stop not. for Alabama. Like the, you know, everybody says they're sick and tired. I heard so many people talking yesterday in the run up to that national championship game of, wouldn't it be better for the sport of college football if Ohio State won this thing? No. I mean, because really, we're sick and tired of seeing Alabama and Clemson win a year in and year out. Okay. No, I'm going to go with no. I, I don't want to see a team just win it for the sake of winning it just because they're not one of the two, you know, in the evil empire. They are. They're the third in the evil empire. <laughs> yeah, but they don't count because they never There have it. been 21 college football playoff games since this started. Yeah. Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson have won 17 of them. Jeez. And multiple of those have been against each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only this two, is what it is. Yeah, the only two losses that Alabama has suffered in the national championship game came at the hands of Clemson. I mean, that's the thing, and, and you don't want it to be different. You say you do. Oh, I, I want to see the scrappy little underdog. And then it happens, and you don't watch it. Right. The lowest-rated games in the history of the playoff had Michigan State in it. Uh-huh. Why? Because no one cares about Michigan State football. Right. This is what it is. The the one saving grace right now of college football is that you have about five programs that are just really premier. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, we'll sprinkle in a few others, but this is pretty much what you're going to have. Right. So you're going to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia? Is that the fifth? I mean, they probably would be five, but I was... Before you spitball Georgia, I was going to say, well, look, we only had four. That's all it needed was four. <laughs> well, Georgia's the only thing I could come up with because they're the only team, I think, that has been there, been on the doorstep of the playoff or been in the playoff, you know, routinely over the last six years. It's, I mean, it's just been a domination. And it's not, and like you said, it's not going to stop. It won't end. It, I mean, it will end at some point, as Jeremy likes to say, everything's cyclical, things will come back around. Uh, that may be true for Clemson. But it's not going to be for Alabama because once Nick Saban's done, we're all under the assumption that Dabo Sweeney's taking over the Alabama job. Yeah, that's probably going to happen. And so Alabama's set up for the next 20 years. There have been seven years of the playoff. Yeah. Alabama's made it six times. Clemson's made it six times. Ohio State and Oklahoma have both made it four times. Yeah. How many teams have made it more than once? E Two. It's one. One. It's one team. And I'll bet you you couldn't tell me who it was. No. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. They've never won a game in it. They've never won a Oregon? Nope. And they've been smoked <sighs> twice. I can't think. It's Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is five. They have made it the fifth most times. Right. Then you got LSU, Oregon, Georgia, Florida State, Michigan State, and Washington that have all made it once. Uh-huh. There is no parity in the sport, and there's not going to be. Unless the NCAA makes a concerted effort of, we're going to limit how many scholarships we allow Nick Saban to have. Because, see, here's what's happening currently. This was one of the fatal flaws of the transfer portal. Because Nick's going out and signing 25 or 30 guys every year. Right. And then when one of those kids transfers, he gets that scholarship back. And so all he's doing is churning talent. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it's every year. It's 13 blue chippers, 12 five stars. And it's not going to stop. Right. 
It's not going to stop until he's not there, and then Dabo probably takes over. And the only thing that's going to change is, well, now it's probably not going to be Clemson anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Clemson fans. I know, it's, know. I know it's a rough day you, for you. You don't know. You don't know. Brett Venables could take over that job and, and be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Elliott? Yeah. I, well, actually, Tony Elliott's probably who it would be. But, but even then, you just look at it and you look at I, I said this morning uh, on the morning show, mm-hmm. look up the 2017 Alabama Crimson Tide roster and just realize they were all on the same team at one time. Right. I mean, the backfield was insane. It was like Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, uh, whom, uh, Damian Harris. Damian Harris, yeah. I mean, Brian Robinson, who was the two last night and was pretty good, was the five. Uh-huh. And he'll be drafted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he will. <laughs> Their receiving core was Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Who am I forgetting? Henry Ruggs. Oh, and, and Cam, oh, and Cam Sims. Sims. Yeah. yeah. He was there too. I mean, it's this is as dynasty as they come. Uh-huh. This is the definition of dynasty. Yep. And it's weird that we're uh, that we're sitting in a spot in college football where we have two dynasties at once. I'm scared to ask where this is going because I have a feeling it's going to make me angry. No, I mean, would you not consider Clemson a dynasty? No, you can't really? have you can't have two at the same time. Come on. They're trading punches in the national championship game. This is not trading punches yet. Uh, You've been trading punches for a few years. You're not to dynasty yet. Sorry sorry about it. Okay. Nick has six. Uh When you get to six, then we can talk. (laughs) So this this wasn't dynasty territory until now. Alabama, Alabama, of course it is. Okay. Do I need to repeat that stat again that he's yet to recruit (laughs) a player that wouldn't have won a national championship if he stayed for four years? Right. I don't think you can have two running concurrently. I think this is a great run for Clemson. The dynasty is Alabama. Yeah. It's just like New England. You know, New England went for a duration of years without winning a Super Bowl. Right. In fact, they were the dynasty of that period. Yeah. They won six Super Bowls in, 19, in right. you 18 years. You wouldn't try to shoehorn, you know, the Steelers in there. No. Because they won two Super Bowls in that time as well. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of the it's kind of the point of a okay. dynasty. Yeah. You're the premier. You're yeah. the only one. Fair enough. All right. Uh, why am it's I not surprised? Why am I not surprised that, that persis- participation trophy Spencer was oh, trying to geez. shoehorn that go. one on me? Here we go. Well, can we not say that there's an Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama <laughs> dynasties all concurrently? <laughs> can we not give everyone? No, an you a? have to win national titles for that to to happen. You have to win multiple national titles to be in the dynasty discussion. Yeah, here's it, it, see, that's how you grade. Here's how I grade. There's one winner and 126 losers. That's how I, that's how I grade. I've always said Tank would be the the worst, either the best or worst professor in the history of time. I mean, how you looked at it'd it, it'd be the best. Well, I mean, I'm sure the students would think that because well, showing up would get you a passing grade. The students and the parents would love me, yeah, and, because and, I'm I'm just giving out GPAs. I'm yeah, just, and just, and the competitive side of me them. would go, no, <laughs> he slept through half of this. <laughs> we don't get the same grade. Oh, he gets credit. Come on. He tried. I'm too, I'm too competitive for that. <laughs> You'd be upset if I was your professor. Oh yeah, and I gave somebody else an A. Yeah, when I gave you All an right, A, as I well. need more pluses then because that kid slept through half of this. I yeah, did. So yeah. I need fourteen can, pluses now. Yeah, we can go on the plus 
on the plus side. Oh, yeah. Lord. A plus 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 plus. Yeah, with tank, the the, the number of pluses would be actually the, the grading scale. There you go. Alabama and Clemson are both dynasties. They both get A's. Uh, it's just you know, uh, Alabama's got six pluses and Clemson's only got two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, last night was unbelievable. It was a beatdown of epic proportions. I mean, let's be really honest about this. That's the thing is, we knew it was coming. And I asked Jeremy when I got in this morning, uh, how indifferent did you feel about watching that game? I loved every second of it. I felt very indifferent about it because I was watching the first quarter and I went, oh, this is this is nice. This is a little unexpected, close battle. And then the second quarter rolled around and I went, yep, this is what I expected it to be. This was this was it. Uh, Ohio State hung in there for a quarter, and that was, and that was the end of the story. Yeah, Amy and I, my wife Amy and I, got into a. Uh, I'm not going to say it was an argument; it was a disagreement. Okay. Because she said this game's been much closer than I thought it was, and the only thing I responded to that was, "Honey, if they don't fumble this ball on the 19 yard line, this could have been 45 to 10 at halftime, easily. Right? Like that way, it would not have taken many different things to happen." They were gifted the ball on the 19-yard line, and it was still 35-17 to 17 at halftime. I just can't get over Nick Saban, man, because that guy is just as cool as the other side of the playoff. I would really like to understand how they show pictures of him from, like, 04, and I swear to you he was older in 04 than he is now. Yeah. He looked older at LSU than he looks right now. You know why? It's because he's been taking those uh, TB12 supplements. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was that Benjamin Button thing. He's actually aging in reverse. <laughs> He's aging in reverse. <laughs> now, I mean, some dudes just have that look. They don't, you know, they age very gracefully. My question is, how do you recruit against him? Like, if you're Nick Saban, you don't just you put just, on all the rings and just go. You just get the table scraps. My, my, in? Does he say anything other than, are you in? That's, right. that's it. Oh, yeah. It's my whole I mean, it's like recruiting the pitch. commercials. All he's got to do is show up with them rings on his fingers and go, hey, you want one of these? Yeah. Uh, Come with me. Every player I have recruited would have one of these if some of them hadn't left. <laughs> it's unbelievable in the fact that he just continues to have that, like I said, that cool side of the pillow exterior. Just you know, I, He just shows up and they ask him questions and he's just like, man, I'm I'm just so happy for these kids. That's that's really what. And it's then all he wants about. to talk about next year, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, just immediately. Well, you know what? We got to regroup, and we got to come back next year and defend this title. But I'm happy for these kids that they're going to be able to enjoy this tonight. And then it's back to business tomorrow morning. Like, and holy I, cow! Why don't you just slow down a little bit and enjoy this? Nope. Uh, Nick, can you comment on what seven national titles means to you? It's like I don't have to. Uh, I have seven there's, national. There's titles. seven of them. Uh, you know what seven is better than six you know what else it is not as good as eight right if it were jeremy and he had seven national titles as a coach you just broke the you know the all-time record with uh with with bear bryant how do you feel about seven national championships and he would give the ricky bobby response of just i'll wake up in the morning (laughs) hey there's only one winner yeah if you ain't first you're last right but not Nick Saban. Nick Saban's got that cool side of the pillow side to him, and he's just, yep, He's just, we're on to next year. Do you know Alabama hasn't had a year without two top ten recruits in the last six years? That makes sense. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling how good mm-hmm. 
this is. And I will say, you know, me being the draft guy, I would be remiss if I didn't point this out. Can we stop with the Justin Fields at two thing? I fell for it. I get, yep. Yeah. I fell for it because I thought people were going to overreact. That's done now. Yeah. A six touchdown game against Clemson will definitely spike the interest in you. And then you come out in the national championship game and you can't scrape together. 150 yards. What would he have? He no, had he, had, he had 195 and 194. So, all right, you can't scrape 200 yards together in the national championship. I don't really game. care how many yards you throw for. Uh, if you break down the tape, he didn't make five high level throws the whole game. I look at him now. I, I had a sweeping declaration this morning of you're going to have two Alabama receivers in the top 10. Yeah. Because Devontae Smith is going to go either two or three. Uh huh. And he's going to the AFC East, most likely one way or the other. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I now believe, will go in the top ten after last night. Yeah, the fact he played is going to change. That is going to alter perspective. The, the the perspective from a lot of scouts. I'll make one more sweeping declaration. Okay, Justin Fields doesn't go in the top ten. Yeah, and I think three quarterbacks do, and I don't think he's one of them. Really? Mm-mm. So Trey Lance, he's Zach definitively Wilson. behind Zach Wilson now. There will be at least one team that puts uh, Mac Jones ahead of him. Whether they have the opportunity to, to to do anything about that, I have no idea. Right, but there will be teams that have Mac Jones ahead of him. I, I'm not going to be one of them. But no, I can't see that. I still think Mac Jones, despite the fact that he played awesome last night and made all the throws they asked him to, took care of the ball, threw for five touchdowns. What did he have? Four sixty four. <laughs> passing yards. He was he was pretty good. <laughs> he was pretty good. Considering he barely threw in the fourth quarter, that's not bad. But I but I, but I still don't I, I just still don't see him as an NFL quarterback. Well, you asked me this morning for a comp and I, Rex Grossman's been the comp on him forever. Yeah. And I had to remind you, you know Rex Grossman did start in the Super Bowl. He did. And then you went down the Ryan Fitzpatrick path. Yeah. And the more I have thought about that, you're probably not wrong. Right. That's probably exactly who he becomes. Right. He'll spend a, a lot of years in this league as a backup. He's going to get some opportunities to start. He's so smart that I think it will go fine. Yeah. I don't know that he'll ever be a franchise quarterback. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty confident that he won't be. Right. But if you, but you asked me this morning, if, if I definitively knew he was going to have a career like Ryan Fitzpatrick, would I take that in the first round? And I have thought on that pretty much all day long, and it makes me want to go on a tangent. All right, we'll do it up next right here on ESPN. Asheville, you're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. You're in the sports tank. What are you people? On dope? Is ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400? All right, so lay on, lay, lay your rant on us there, Jeremy. All right, so I've started thinking about this, and this is going to change my evaluation on Mac Jones. Okay. You, you actually led me down a path that I've never gone down before. All right. How many starters miss a game or miss several games throughout the course of time? 
All of them. I, I mean, season to season. Oh, About a quarter gotcha. of your starters miss yeah, games yeah. over yeah. the course of time. Okay. There is a value to having a guy like Mac Jones in your roster, whether he's the starter or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming around to the belief that that might be worth a back end of the first round pick. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand where you're going. With the the cop to Ryan Fitzpatrick is what has gotten me down this path. I see that. However,. I mean, this is Jalen Hurts all over again, isn't it? No. Because Philadelphia went after Jalen Hurts, I thought, in the second round because Carson Wentz can't stay healthy. Well, so no, they that wanted was to have stupid. a guy on the, on, on, you know, on the roster. Well, first of all, that's two quarterbacks that do completely different things, which is what I screamed from the mountaintops. This is stupid because yes. there's going to be a section of your fan base that sees mobile quarterbacks, and Car- which Carson Wentz is not. And as soon as this goes sideways, they're going to go, well, that guy could escape the pressure. That's a problem. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that I look at a guy like Mac Jones, and I, I'm, I'm going the Drew Brees route here. Okay. Of how many games has Drew Brees missed over the course of the last few seasons? Mm-hmm. There is a worth to having a quarterback behind that so that you don't have to rush him back. Mm-hmm. The Saints had to rush him back to be the two seed. And I know this is an, an outside-the-box thought, but you put this in my head this morning, and I've been thinking about it since. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that Drew wasn't going to retire. And and I think we all universally have agreed that he's going to, and he'll be an analyst next year, and he's going to be fantastic. Yes. Let's say you had a quarterback like that, and I'm looking at the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the, the Bradys, the older guys. Mm-hmm. There is a value to having a guy behind that that you trust. And I think Mac Jones, as a rookie, is going to be a guy that you trust. There's okay. going to be a guy that can come in, game manage, He's not going to be Taysom Hill where we have to change the whole playbook and now we can't throw anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a value to that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a team that sees the value. I don't think Mac Jones, what I'm trying to get at here is, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be drafted as a franchise quarterback. I think a team is going to see him and it's going to be one of these playoff teams. Who it's going to be, I couldn't tell you. Pittsburgh Steelers. See, but the problem with that is that every time Ben's bad, now you have a problem. I'm thinking somebody that's entrenched, Jared Goff, who's missed several games over the course of, a, a, okay. over the course of his career. Right. Guys at Matt Ryan, that's another one. Uh-huh. Nobody's going to look at Mac Jones and go, we should play Mac Jones over Matt Ryan. No, you shouldn't. I mean, that's a bad team, so it's not exactly the I didn't necessarily go this far right. of who it would be. Who it would be. I think you're going to see one of these good teams that's drafting at the back end of the first round that's going to take Mac Jones, and everybody's going to go, oh, is this the heir apparent? No. This is a guy that they're going to put behind him. He's going to be on the roster for 10 years, and you're going to be able to trust that when you need him, there he is. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, your quarterback's four hundred and six years old, so that would. Uh, the, but that, that you know, Mac Jones, you get you know you get the five years of a rookie deal or four years of a rookie deal, and you and, know and you I, can back up Tom Brady and then back up Aaron Rodgers in two years. Oh, good gracious! <laughs> You're gonna drive me nuts with that. Aaron Rodgers winds up in. Tampa I am, Bay and Bay then Bay. when Aaron Rodgers signs the contract after Tom Brady steps away after winning two straight Super Bowls, I'm gonna be like, yeah, see, remember you said this wasn't gonna happen. Literally a week ago, if somebody had said to me what I just said on this show, I would have said, you're out of your mind. Right. You cannot use a first-round pick on that. And then start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Phillip Rivers or Drew Brees or these older guys, how valuable would it be to have that guy back behind them? Yeah. I mean, I can understand where you I, – I And, and it has to be a guy like that. And, right. I, and I look – Kyle Trask, I kind of look at it the same way. 
I don't think either one of you are ever going to be a high-level starter. It'd make great sense for a team like the New Orleans Saints, who mm-hmm. don't really need anything else. And and that's the thing, is that this is a cost-controlled backup quarterback for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And but I understand this is an outside-the-box thought, but the more I've thought about it, the more that I, you know what, I kind of like it. Right. But unless you find yourself in that position where you don't need anything else or there's not a glaring need, um, I mean, you used the Rams, for example, like Andrew Whitworth. Is he is he gone after this year? Is he retiring after this year? I would think so. He stayed pretty right. hurt, and he's 38 years old. Right. So, you know, they would make that decision. Is there a tackle there, or do we get the backup quarterback? What would make more sense? You're going to catch flack for drafting the quarterback rather than going after the tackle. I can guarantee you that. I agree with that. Like if Alex Leatherwood is sitting there at 25 or wherever they're going to pick, you're going to catch a lot of flack. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason that I'm saying this, and I'll explain it after just a bit outside. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 4 folks. All right, we could see something this coming week that we've never seen before in the NFL. A player who played last week for a playoff team play for a different playoff team this week. Jared Veldier is being has been picked up by the Green Bay Packers because of the injury to David Bakhtiari. But this is a guy who played just this past week for the Indianapolis Colts. And then immediately after the game, and he played a lot of snaps. I don't think he played all the offensive snaps, but he played a big portion of the offensive snaps for the Indianapolis Colts this week because of injury issues there. They put him back on the practice squad, and now the Green Bay Packers, because of the new rules, the COVID rules, they were able to sign him off the Indianapolis Colts practice squad. So it'll be the first time in NFL history that we have seen a guy play for two different playoff teams in back-to-back weeks. That is way outside. That is different. And that's something that you're only going to see this year. My story's not something you would only see this year because it fits this franchise very well. And it's also a first. Okay. This is the first time I've ever seen a team not in the playoffs take a loss during the playoff weeks. The Las Vegas Raiders, after firing defensive coordinator Paul Gunther, have named Gus Bradley as their new defensive coordinator. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. No. That's a good hire. Yeah. He was a head coach in the league. He's been around. He's a good defensive coordinator. Well, their official Twitter page decided to announce this. And they said, welcome to Las Vegas, Coach Gus Bradley. And it should have been a great moment for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. And it would have been, except for the fact that the picture they posted was of Ken Wisenhunt. (laughs) (laughs) They just saw a coach in a Chargers shirt and went, yeah. He's wearing a Chargers hat. Just do that one. It's fine. (laughs) How do you get that wrong? The guy was in the building. Yeah, but I mean, you you got to blame this on some web person. Just in all honesty, can we be really honest? Send a picture. Just send the picture. Right. This is the guy. Google it. How is it that hard? <laughs> Ken Wisenhunt and Gus Bradley look absolutely nothing alike. Yep. And I want to say there's about twenty years age difference between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I laughed at this when I saw it until it hurt. Because at first I thought I was wrong. I went, wait a minute. That's not Gus Bradley. 
and Twitter. Thank you, Twitter. I, I just shared this on my Twitter, by the way, at Jay Green ESPN. Yeah. I, I <laughs> that's the raideriest, raideriest thing I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Actually, John Gruden did it himself. That's, that's yeah. They have him in charge of the Twitter feed now, well, and he just doesn't understand. I don't understand like, the JPEGs, I was, man. I was trying to copy the one picture, and it copied the other picture. I don't know what happened, man. Don't understand the JPEGs, man. Knock don't, on wood don't get if you it. hear me. Don't get it. <laughs> just trying to put up a picture. Typed in Gus. Got Ken. That's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's if, it's hard. I look at Raiders fans much like I look uh, at, at my fan base with the Jets. You know, I get it. Right. I understand your pain because we've done some of this as well. Fair enough. Never done that. To my knowledge, we have never posted a picture of a coach that we just hired and it was the wrong guy. I don't think we've ever done that. But No. You probably uh, spelled somebody's name wrong at one point. Yeah. That would, that would, that would happen. Getting back to the point that, you know, with, with uh, Mac Jones, this is one of those drafts that you get outside the top 20. And then it gets very beauties in the eye of the beholder. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get guys at the back end of the first round and guys at the front end of the third round that the grade is pretty close on. And what I'm trying to say is that I think there's more value in definitively knowing your quarterback position is set, whether it's Tampa Bay, Buffalo. Buffalo's a good one. Josh Allen likes to run. Mm -hmm. Green Bay, Kansas City, whatever the case may be. There's some value to having a guy that, all right, Kansas City, they're 13 and one. You don't think there would have been a value to, you know, we could trot out, uh, Pat doesn't have to play the last two games. He can go in fresh. And I'm looking at guys like, and I'm just looking at my own personal mock draft. I'm looking at guys like, I don't know, Liam Eichenberg, the tackle from Notre Dame. You could tell me he's not in the league in five years. And I mean, I wouldn't be stunned. Right. I'm not going to be stunned. If you told me Mac Jones wasn't in the NFL in 10 years, I'm stunned. Yeah. Like, I'm shocked. Because I think he's good. It's the it's the Matt Barkley rule. Mm-hmm. You're just talented enough to stay in this league forever. Yep. And I think there is some merit to that. Matt Barkley, Colt McCoy. Somebody, and, and somebody you, compared it. Somebody compared mm-hmm. Mac Jones to Colt McCoy mm-hmm. this morning. And maybe you luck out and you get that one big contract like Matt Flynn did. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, and I'm not even going down that route. I'm, I'm looking I'm at just it saying like it's a possibility for a guy like Mac. Well, and what's got me thinking? What, what Drew Brees is who really got me thinking about this mm. because Drew Brees had to come back in for them to be the two seed. He had to. He wasn't 100. percent Nobody that watched him could possibly have thought he was 100. percent Right. And you've got Taysom Hill sitting behind him that's making 10 million dollars. That was so putridly bad against the team against teams that weren't the Panthers. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Panther fans. That that you had to rush him back. I do. Th- I think there is a value to that. Yeah. I, 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 here's what I'm saying. I would rather take the sure thing because I feel very sure I know what Mac Jones is going to be. Okay. Then take a, a a shot in the like Darian Kendrick from from Clemson. That's a guy I have in the middle of the second round. Some people have him back into the first round. That's a guy that I. I mean, and maybe I'm biased because I watched AJ Terrell this year and he was horrendous. But that's a guy that I could see not being a valuable contributor to your team. This just strikes me as something that a smart team would do. Saints, uh, Green Bay Packers, these teams that you always see in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl contender every year, but they're in the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. 
that is something I could see a team like that doing. Yeah, but you got to be that perfect team. You got to be that perfect team that's not going to create a controversy if you do it. No, like, it's, it would have to be with a, and I know this is, you know, yet I can't say this enough. This is an outside the box mm-hmm, thought. Mm-hmm. It's just something that has been brewing in my head. Well, like I'm, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at Tankathon here. I'm looking at the, you know, mm-hmm. the draft order as it sits right now, and I'm looking at each of these teams and going, which one could consider doing something like this? You said the Kansas City thing, and I won't hold off on that for a second because I, I, I got my concerns. Uh, but Green Bay. They just took Jordan Love last year, so it wouldn't make sense for them to do that. I like him better than Jordan Love by a lot. Well, I do too, but you're admitting defeat in that uh, in that scenario. It's probably time to admit defeat it, it in that scenario. Be. It may be. Uh, the, the Buffalo Bills, you made a great case for that. The Saints, the Baltimore Ravens. That's he's a, not the same kind of quarterback. No, he's not, but they're also, you know, you know don't know what we're going to do with Lamar after this. Are we going to sign him? Are we going to give him the, the the extension after this? Should we move on? Should we think about a plan for the future? Tampa Bay, put him behind Tom Brady. Makes sense. Nobody's going to call for him to start over Tom Brady. Then you got the Cleveland Browns. That would create a controversy for a lot of people. So, it, all right, now I'm, now I'm ready to tell you the team that I, I've looked at and gone, this makes all the sense in the world, and people are going to tell me I'm out of my mind, and why are you talking about this, and mm-hmm. you've lost it. The Detroit Lions. That's take, a good one. Take the journey with me. Okay. He sits behind Stafford. Mm-hmm. He's never a threat to Stafford. There's not anybody with an IQ above salad dressing that looks at, that looks at Mac Jones and goes, you're better than Matthew Stafford. Well, Stafford's going to be there one more year. And then you're going to take a rookie, mm-hmm. probably a high-end rookie, and you have his backup forever. Right. You don't have to rush him because he can learn with Mac Jones. This is a smart guy in the room. I see the value to that. There is a value to there is an intrinsic value to that. But then you're talking about picking him at seven. No, 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 no. I'm talking about picking him front in the second round. A front in the second round. He's not okay. going above twenty. I, mean, I, I wouldn't just uh, it was just stop talking. About I wouldn't that. put That's it past. I, 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 I wouldn't have any qualms with anybody doing a second round. I think that would be a brilliant idea. And at, the more I've thought about it, the more I like it. And that's where about where it falls in. There's you put teams. him behind Daniel Jones with the Giants. And now, granted, there are going to be Giants fans that are like, well, he might be better than that. And you might not be wrong. Yeah. But this is a smart guy in the room that you know is going to be on your roster for a decade. And that is what good teams do. There is a, there is a huge difference to me between missing a pick and having a pick that's maybe not an everyday, day-in, day-out contributor. And what's got me really thinking about this, how many teams, when they went through the exit meetings and they fired the coach, was the number one thing they were saying was culture, 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 culture. Mm-hmm. I heard that a hundred times. Mac Jones is a great culture guy. Mm-hmm. Listen to him talk. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that worked his way up from, I, I mean, we, we thought he he sat behind Tua. Yep. He was behind Hurts. And then we thought he was going to be behind Bryce Young this year, and he said, no, I won't be. <laughs> right. And worked his tail off. Mm-hmm. And all year long, all we've done is is doubt him. Of Oh, you're so good because you have such good weapons. Mm-hmm. This is a grinder guy. And this is a pick that I'm telling you. Somebody's going to make this. And I'm hoping it's not a team that plans on him being a franchise quarterback. I hope it's a team that looks at him and goes, this is a guy that will be on our roster for 10 years. Might be the backup. He might be. That might be the best he ever does. But he's going to be one of the best backups in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Or and he, people will say, oh, it was a wasted pick, and I'm going to disagree with you vehemently. Or he could be the bridge to something new. He could, could be, be the bridge to something else, and I'm thinking of two teams. 
I'm thinking of the Pittsburgh Steelers because obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Big Ben. Uh, I no, think I th- Big Ben. I think done. we know exactly what's going to well, happen. Well, with ben. I mean, I'm guessing. I, my assumption is that Ben's going to retire. They're going to look at Ben and say, "You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here." The other one is the Tennessee Titans. That's Behind I'm Ryan not Tannehill. Lie. I'm not going to lie. That's another one I looked at. Right. Behind Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill's deal is going to be up next year, I believe. And that would make perfect sense to have him as a backup, still in SEC country, so the fan base would be on on par with that. They'd be on board bringing in a guy like Mac Jones. I think that could make a lot of sense. But I don't know. I mean, that's that's just me. I wouldn't do it if I was the the leader of a franchise, but that's why I'm not leading a franchise. Well, this was a tangenty thing that you weren't going to hear this on any other show today. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've heard the you know the the Saban the Saban is the goat. I've heard, I've heard that so much today. I, I really I I just didn't want to do that today. If the Jets don't take, I'd love it with the Jets. I'd love it. I'd love it. Your number twenty three pick. You could have Sam's backup. Twenty three might be a little high, but thirty four would be okay. Okay, I can get 100%. down with that. All right, I'll, I'll tell you this with my own team. I mean, you this need to run it back, but okay. I, I'm gonna level with you. I like Najee Harris and I like Travis Etienne both. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. both gonna fall in my in my next mock draft for one very simple reason. There are about ten running backs in this draft class that I think are starting level NFL running backs. Really? Everybody's going to talk about receivers this year. There are a ton of running backs. I mean, I think about this. Michael Carter at, at Carolina. You watch how good he was this year. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't get picked in the first two days. He's probably a day three pick, and he could very easily, within two years, be a starter somewhere. Mm-hmm. Positional value, I think, will push down ETN, push down Harris. It's no, it's nothing against the the talent. Right? They're both fantastic. I just I see people inching them up the draft boards, and I don't. I, I'm going the other way. But it's yeah, my team, 100. percent I am not. I, I feel like Sam Darnold, if if he was in this draft class, would be the second pick in this draft. If he was coming out of USC now as a senior, as opposed to when he came out as a redshirt sophomore when we took him, mm-hmm. I think he would be the number two pick in this draft, easily. Okay. I don't think Fields or uh, Trey Lance or any of these other guys could touch him. So, yeah, there would be a part of me that would look at 34 and go, you know what, if you put Mac Jones behind him and I don't have to deal with the Joe Flaccos of the world, uh, fantastic. Because Sam's missed at least one game in every season he's been a pro. Right. And that fixes that problem forever. And it does it cheaply so you're not paying Chase Daniel $8 million. I- I'm glad you said that because I didn't think about my team until yeah. you said it. Quarterback in the second round, though, those wounds still too fresh. Oh, <laughs> you talking about the Geno wound or the Christian Hackenberg wound? Well, both. I mean, let's go both. Oh, and since I've made this comparison of Mac Jones in the past, Greg McElroy. We'll oh, he's way better than well. Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy was really <laughs> Greg Mac. Greg McElroy had a million dollar brain and a ten cent arm. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I could explain him. Right. If you could have put his brain into the body of virtually any other quarterback you've ever seen play high-level college football, they'd have been a MVP. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he didn't get that opportunity. I, th- I think there is a place in the NFL for Mac Jones. It's just not as a franchise quarterback. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. And I think if any franchise wants to make that call, they need to understand that this should not be, uh, you know. 
a reach for a guy at the end of the first round hoping and you know put all your eggs in that basket another Paxton Lynch well and and that's the thing is all right so if now Paxton Lynch is a really bad example because he was very bad at football Brandon but the Denver Broncos took him late in the fir- late in the first round because they needed a quarterback. Correct. So so look at somebody like Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon played in the NFL for like eight years. Mm-hmm. He was a solid backup. He started games when he had to. Let's say the Browns had done that, and he was sitting behind Baker Mayfield now. And every time Baker Mayfield gets really erratic, because he does do that, Baker has games where he damages himself the more and more time goes on. Yes. And you've got this guy that sits behind him, and you can throw him out there and go, Baker, this wasn't your week. We'll either back up next week. You're my starter definitively, no doubt. I don't think you would look at Brandon Whedon as as big a bust if that was what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And what got me thinking about this, how many teams have blown first-round picks because they took a guy that they knew was was not a franchise quarterback, but they tried to shoehorn him into that. Well, don't do that. Don't shoehorn him into that. Call him what he is. He is a valuable piece in the quarterback room. He's a guy that will be here for an extended period of time, and you roll on. And good teams can do that. Bad teams can't. Straight up, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you're talking about my team. My team has a lot of needs. That would hurt to use a second-round pick on that. But at the same time, the more I would think about it, the more I would be like, you know what? That could work, yep. and I could be okay with that. Staring at you, Carolina Panther fans, with that last statement of don't take a quarterback just because you think you have to. You don't have to. You're 90% not. <laughs> of the quarterback errors that are made in the NFL draft are because a team needs a quarterback, mm-hmm. and so they take the biggest talent on the board, and they don't care where it lands. They don't care if they fit the scheme. They don't care if they're ready to play. This is the best quarterback. We need a quarterback. That's who we're taking. And it's what leads to probably 90% of the misses in the NFL draft. Yeah. Absolutely. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. Don't forget today to link your Ingalls Advantage card with your favorite school in the area. The Tools for Schools program pays off for local schools all throughout the year. Just go to ingalls-markets.com slash tools for schools. The more you use your Advantage card, the more your school gets credit and the more money your school will get uh, for or from the Tools for Schools program. Ingles-Markets.com slash Tools for Schools. Help your local community today with Ingles Supermarkets. Coffee's the closers only. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the work. Welcome back to the Sports Tank. He has been Asheville, 92.9, 880, and 1400. Thank you, Alabama. Thank you over for keeping me from having a losing night to start the week. Started three and two last week. Tonight I have four picks for you because I'm about 80% sure one of these games does not happen. I'm going to pick it as though it will, and I'll give you an extra one just in case it doesn't. The first one, the Philadelphia 76ers are an eight-point favorite tonight against the Miami Heat. Do you know how many potentially active players we have in this game? 16. 17. We have one more than the minimum. (laughs) Philadelphia has nine. Miami has eight. Right. The best player that Miami will play tonight is Tyler Hero, and either Kelly Olynyk or Duncan Robinson is two. This could be a hundred to fifty at halftime. Oh no! Because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are going to are, are as of right now slated to play tonight. Give me the seventy sixers. They're going to cover the eight. If this game happens, this is going to be ugly. Yeah. The Sixers lost by forty last night. Just. Same problem against a team that didn't have that problem. 
take the journey with me. Gotcha. Next up, my Denver Nuggets 2021 NBA champions are one-point dogs to the Brooklyn Nets, and they shouldn't be. There is a lot of strife around the Brooklyn Nets right now. We'll talk about this more in the second hour. Uh, but there's a lot of instability happening with that team. It hasn't worked for me the first two times, but you know what they say, third time's a charm. Give me my nuggets plus the one. Next up, the Oklahoma City Thunderer, a two-and-a-half-point dog tonight to the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs do weird things with their lineups, and, and guys play and don't play, and you just never quite know who's going to be on the floor for them. DeMar DeRozan's missed two games in a row. I think he's going to miss tonight as well. Oklahoma City is one of those scrappy little teams, that, as you like to call them, mm-hmm. that just seems to stay competitive in every game. Shea Gilligas-Alexander has been fantastic. I really like this team. Give me the Thunder plus the two and a half. Final game of the night, the LA Lakers are a four and a half point favorite against the Houston Rockets. The Rockets are not good. And as I said with the Brooklyn Nets, there's a lot of turmoil around this team. I understand Christian Wood has been good. His ultimate stopper is Anthony Davis. I don't think there's enough offense for the Rockets tonight. I love the Lakers. Give me the Lakers minus four and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. The money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Now, how about those Charlotte Hornets as well? I mean, I know they were playing the Knicks last night, but... Four wins in a row, four covers in a row. That's right. We got four in a row. And Gordon Hayward's averaging like 30 points a game in those last four games. Looks like things are starting to come together. Uh, This team's good. I mean, honestly, there's enough... There's enough talent there between Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, uh, P.J. Washington has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, LaMelo Ball's better than we thought he was. Yes. I don't think well, he still can't any... score all that great. but He's been slightly better than I thought he would be. Really? He's better as a 19-year-old kid than I thought he would be. He's, one of the, he's taking the trajectory that I thought his brother was going to take. Of that he comes in the league and no, he's not a great shooter, and no, he's not a great scorer, but he's such an elite passer. Right. And he's such a good rebounder, and he just does all of the little things that he could be a glue guy. Well, his brother never took that path because he couldn't stop shooting. Right. Lamelo and Miles. <laughs> he's had Lavar in his head for too long, saying, "You can shoot. It's fine. Just keep doing it." Lamelo and Miles Bridges. That's the. I, I'm telling you, the this, deal. this Charlotte team is about eight deep. With guy, I mean, even and this is a name that you know is a bad word in the Charlotte area. Bismack Biombo. He's had a role. Yeah. He's playing good defense, rebounding well. He's playing a role. And I'm looking at it, and I'm telling you, I killed this Hornets team because I thought the layout and the drafting and all of it was a nightmare. Yeah. I'm looking at him now going, you know what? That's a playoff team. Yeah. I I don't care what anybody tells me. That's a playoff team. I poo-pooed the Gordon Hayward thing, and I was wrong. Um, I mean, it still kind of scares me, his health. But... Well, I mean, I think we all knew when we looked at that contract. It's not. I mean, it's not going to age well. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the back end of that deal, it's not going to age well. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this is the way the NBA works. But if you're a small the- market team and you've got a star that would sign your contract, right. you make it happen a hundred times out of a hundred. Right. If it can get you to relevance, that's the only thing they need to happen. That's, that's what they were hoping the Nick Batum deal was going <laughs> to do for them, and Oof. it didn't. Yeah, it got them relevant in the conversation of what is the worst contract in the NBA. <laughs> Right? I will take what is Nick Batum for the square. Right. Coming up tonight, we got college basketball as well. Now that uh, college football is over, 
ready to switch over to college basketball and there's some pretty good games tonight in the top 25 and uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels in action tonight as well. Uh, one of these uh, pop-up games against Syracuse. 9 o'clock start tonight, 8 o'clock pregame right here on ESPN Asheville. Our good friend Jones Angel will have the call for you. North Carolina has, uh, you know, it hasn't been fun the last few games. They've all been close. They've all been nail biters. And the one guy that I don't want having the ball down at the end of the game is the guy who's been hitting the shot. So I can't really complain all that much. Uh, I mean, Andrew Playtech driving the baseline with two seconds left. I don't want to see that again. But it worked. So how can I really complain? You're, you're very excited about So you know how you feel about the NBA that you just can't get into it yet? Yeah. That's exactly where I'm at with college basketball. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're only two months away. We're only two months away from the tournament. I'm going to level with you. I'm going to start caring about when the Super Bowl happens. That'll be about the time I pick up college basketball. Really? Just with how disjointed the schedule is and there's no non-conference and you got teams that keep opting out of games and think the schedule's all odd. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I just, I need a little more consistency. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm paying attention to Carolina and Florida State and the ACC and things like that, but. Right. To say I'm invested would be a stretch. All right. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Kyrie Irving and his absence from his NBA basketball team. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm, I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Welcome back into the ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You are in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Drink different. We've got quite the quite the stir going on in the NBA. Well, we've had it for a few days, and we kept meaning to talk about it, and then that just didn't happen. Well, I mean, it takes a backseat. When you got a national championship game, you got NFL wildcard yeah. games going on, Yeah, there's just no room. But anybody that says procrastination doesn't work, we had a little development in this case today <laughs> that you know gave us a reason to talk about it. We did indeed. Kyrie Irving is uh, apparently just not, he's not in the mood. He can't he can't do it. He can't pull himself together to play basketball right now. With the state of the way things are in the world, I mean that's the excuse that I keep hearing. I don't know that I've heard an official statement regarding that. But I mean this is the guy that lobbied against the return of the NBA back in the bubble. This is the guy that said there are too many important more important things going on in the world that we don't need to be focused on basketball right now. So he has taken a sabbatical from the Brooklyn Nets. He will miss his fourth game in a row tonight as the Nets take on Jeremy's fighting 2021 uh, Western Conference playoff team. Champions. No. You said champions wrong. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. It'll be his fourth game that he's missed in a row, and he may not be back for a while. There are issues because uh, there are videos going around social media of Kyrie Irving unmasked at a party. Dun, dun, dun. dun. 
Exactly. We didn't plan that. No, by we the didn't. Way. Kyrie Irving, though, uh, apparently he was at his sister's birthday party last night. Might have been a joint birthday party. Apparently his sister and his father both have birthdays this week. And so he was at a birthday party in public yesterday. The video show, no one's wearing masks, no one's social distancing, and people are freaking out about it. The other video that is now circulating around is that he was in a club with Drake. That's the same video. Oh, it's the same Mm -hmm. thing? Okay. Yeah, that, that's the, so he uh, took the whole family across the border. I uh, I don't know the answer to that, but that, it it very much looked like the same room to me. Okay, uh, and and here's let me give a little PSA to NBA general managers and and decision makers. If Drake starts hanging out with one of your players, you should put an end to that immediately. This is like Justin Bieber level kiss of death. Every time Drake shows up, bad things happen. I, and I'm not saying it's a cause and effect. I'm just saying it's the truth. Wait, what did I miss? What else happened? Oh, he's been affiliated with NBA players, and they either get hurt or they they play terribly for extended periods of time. It's it's a you know the Madden curse. Yeah, the NBA's version of that is the Drake curse. Is the Drake? Curse. Yeah, it, okay. I was gonna say Google it, but I guess you'd have to Twitter it. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Twitter, search it. Yeah, there you go. There we go. That sounded more right. Twitter, it sounded strange, so I, I don't want to go with that. Uh, you're you're the social media guy. I don't. You're I not wrong. I don't know anything about the tweeters and the the book of here's the thing. All that. This is what Kyrie Irving is. I I, I don't think anybody is surprised by this. And, and if here's here's where my problem comes in, is that you didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. It's really unnerving to me. When you disappear and the only quote that anybody can attribute to you is, I just didn't want to play. Uh-huh. The, but what? It, it, that's not how this works. I just, I didn't want to play. That, what in the 2020 millennial, never been told no generation is that? Kyrie Irving. I, I mean, just didn't want to play. That's, that that's that the would only be like me looking at you one day and just going, "Hey, you know how we we're supposed to have a show? Pfft, I just don't want to. I'm, I'm gonna sit at home and drink right wicked and I, wheat beers with my dog." And I've been seeing these conversations on social media all day today about you know Kyrie Irving and him not showing up and Kyrie Irving defenders saying, "Well, well, if he doesn't want to play, he doesn't have to play right now." Um, I'm going to disagree. That's what contracts are for. Right. If I'm the head of, you know, if I'm the the GM of the Brooklyn Nets, I'm going, get your tail in here. I've tried to tell you this. Or find another job. I I have tried to tell you this forever. I've heard this about Kyrie Irving Mm -hmm. since he was at Duke. When he he had a hangnail or something, and and, bye. Uh, There he went. He played eight games. Yep. This is who he is. That's I mean, a this game is a serious injury than that, though, wasn't it? I want to say it was a hand. Didn't he have a hand problem, wrist problem, something like that? Maybe. I have never really thought this game was that important to him. And I will say, if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm looking at him going, uh, excuse me. I just tied the end of my career to you. Mm-hmm. And you, to my knowledge, and now granted, I'm not saying that me, you know, me and Kevin Durant are sitting here texting each other. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that nobody from the Nets has been willing to say anything. And every one of them have made, I'll say, overt statements to we're not particularly happy about this. Right. 
Steve Nash, they asked him, uh, yeah. uh, have you talked to Kyrie? Yeah, we'll keep that between us. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you say? say? Why is he not here? We'll keep that between us. Right. If there because was it's a, stupid, and they know it. Well, if I mean, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt of that there's a reason that you're not here, and, I, and it was totally capable. I was totally capable of doing that until you appeared with Drake in a video on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That kind of defeats your ability to say that you're right. – whatever it is that you're wanting to say you're doing right you're in a club with drake at the very least it looks really bad well at the very uh most you're breaking nba rules by being there the protocols are in place they do not allow you to do this players are not allowed to to go out to clubs, they are not allowed to be uh, around other people in gatherings larger than 15. They are definitely not allowed to go out and be unmasked. I mean, we just had this with James Harden. We just went through this where the NBA, NBA fines him $50,000 because he was caught on video at a strip club. Kyrie Irving doesn't care. That's the thing that kills me is that this is just another example of Kyrie Irving destroying a team. Well, I mean, and that's been a lot, that's been around Twitter a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, LeBron James and Boston Celtics looking at this going, uh, we tried to tell you. Yeah. Cleveland had happened. Boston had happened. Who didn't think that it was going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets? That's why I kept, you know, when everybody said, oh, on paper, Brooklyn looks like one of the best teams in the league coming up this year. Of course they do. They've got two superstars in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But whatever makes you think that this boat's going to go without any problems, without hitting some icebergs along the way, you got another thing coming, pal. And I don't, I couldn't ever say that I foresaw something like this happening, but it doesn't surprise me one. One single bit it does not spawn. It doesn't. It does not surprise me in the least with Kyrie Irving. No, at, at this point, I'll be honest with you. There's nothing he could do that would surprise me. Nothing. There is nothing he could do that I would go. Well, I can't believe that happened. Right. And I'm just. I'm in awe that that happened because this game just does not seem to be important to him. And and I guess I, this is one of the things that I was saying with James Harden. With Harden, you're. You're in a place that you don't want to be. You've made that very clear. Mm-hmm. They're trying to leverage you into making the best deal possible for the franchise. I understand that. I do. I, I completely understand that you're trying to do what's best for your career. You're playing out the string with uh, an organization that you don't want to be with. With Kyrie Irving, you're here long term. There's nothing you can do. You're going to be a member of the Brooklyn Nets for the foreseeable future, no matter what, because you are a superstar player that has signed a max deal, and you're here. This is the team you wanted to be on with the guy you wanted to be with, and yet we're still at this point, and I just don't understand it. I've, I, I, not, is there any comp to this no. in sports in the last 10 years? No. Of somebody that just goes, for for lack of a better term, just what was that? What was the term that that the uh, agent off the grid? Yeah, the only thing that I can kind of that kind of comes close to this for me is, uh, well, we just learned about it in the last dance. It was Dennis Rodman when he went to Vegas? Remember, back in the playoff run of nineteen ninety eight. But I mean, that was also like team sanctioned. 
Like he was like, I need to get away. And they were like, you definitely need to get away for a little while. You go blow off some steam. You come back. We'll hold this down. This is not how this went. This was not Kyrie Irving coming to the Brooklyn Nets and saying, guys, I'm just not feeling in a good place right now. I need some time. I need to step away from the game. This was Kyrie Irving ghosting his franchise. Mm -hmm. And then when they said, hey, why are you not at practice today or whatever the situation was, maybe it was game day, I don't know, they called him and he was just like, I'm just not coming. I don't feel like playing. Oh, so this is how we're going to do this. And above that, going into the first game that he was gone, the coach didn't even know. Yeah. He found out a few hours before tip-off, oh, by the way, Kyrie's not here. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Exactly. And this is one of those times that, what, what, oh. What's the recourse the Brooklyn Nets have here? Can they say, you know, breach of contract and take him out? But if they do that, then somebody else is going to come in and swoop up Kyrie well, Irving. I mean, they're, they're not going to cut him. That, that's and that's kind of the problem with the NBA. You know, these are guaranteed contracts, mm-hmm. and and you know, right? You're here. It's not like it's game by game, and he just doesn't get paid for the games that he doesn't show up for. That's not how these contracts work. Uh, He's going when paid. he do, uh, not necessarily really the fact that you just did not show up. No, that's an unexcused absence. You're not allowed to do that. It's well, I one because the contract was guaranteed. He's guaranteed that money regardless. No, it doesn't work that way. Oh, okay. if, if you just decide I'm not showing up, yeah, they have recourse to, mm, well, then we're not going to pay you. Okay. Well, at least there's that. Because I was thinking that that wasn't even part of the deal. Usually those things get resolved. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that they will, you know, they'll pay it just to smooth everything over. This is one of those times that I don't think you do that. I, don't want to I think you have to prove a point with Kyrie Irving right. here. If you can't just disappear and then show up on Instagram. I want to find out a way to grab him by the snarglies and make an example out of him. Just somehow. And I, I don't know how that works. I don't know what they are in terms of making an ex- In terms of making it, in the NBA, you really can't. Right. I mean, this is a star player. It's a star-driven league. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, I, I'll be honest with you. His trade value is less than zero anyway. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine the nine to fiver going to their boss and being like, I need, you know, and you would never do that because you'd get fired immediately. Well, I mean, this is, he didn't go into anybody. Right. That's what that's I'm saying. That's the part of this that I have a problem that's with. That's what I'm saying. If, if you did it the way Kyrie Irving did it at your regular nine to five job, whatever that is, I don't care whether you're, uh, you know, a radio host that's reliant, you know, that, that has to answer to your program director or if you're, you know, a, a mail carrier. At the U.S. Postal Service, you got somebody to answer to, and you can't just not show up for work and go. Yeah, my head's not in it today. I'm just not. I'm just not going to be there, and I may not be there for another week or so. They would fire you on the spot, hundred uh, percent. And you know, this is one of those things that there's been so much talk at social media in the just in in with people do what we do. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of talk of oh, this is why he's doing it. This is why he's doing. It. I can't speculate on that. Because you didn't say anything. It'd be one thing if you said something mm-hmm. of this is why I don't want to why I don't want to play. This is what I'm going to do. This is when I'll be back. That would be one thing. You didn't do that. You woke up one day and went, you know what? Nope. And didn't so much as say anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then two days later is the first time that it's really ever mentioned. Because, and I'll tell you, as somebody that plays as much NBA DFS as I do, this was a story many days ago. Mm-hmm. 
because he was not hurt, and then it became a thing of, oh, he is hurt. Because when they put this out, it was that he was hurt. Undisclosed injury. Yeah. No, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, I'm telling you, this got so weird that the Nets could wind up facing action from the league because they said he was hurt. They lied about it, yeah. Wow. But they didn't know. I mean, that's going to be their excuses. We didn't know. We thought he was hurt. We didn't think he just decided, I don't want to show up today. Right. Because we thought it was attributed to who's the ever done that or whatever. Yeah. We we were under the assumption that it was you know he was going to be limited for the ankle or whatever. They this could, is they could get away. Or, this is the that. reason that I look at the NBA much differently than I look at other sports. Having a star is one thing that makes you relevant. Mm-hmm. Having the right star is what wins you championships. I mean, the Lakers had star players for a long time. Mm-hmm. Kobe won titles. Shaq won titles. LeBron won titles. And I just look at Kyrie Irving, and I and I go, "You're never going to win one. You're, you're never going to win one with it being you. Right. You being the guy. Right. You cannot be the Batman to the Robin. You can't. Mm-hmm. And now you've even got one of those. You got Kevin Durant, who is a guy. This is a guy that has won titles, and you still can't do it. Right. You can't do it. You're just a headache. He's been a headache everywhere he's been. He's been there like are the- stories that I could tell you for the next hour that came out of his time with Boston of him just being." An absolute nightmare. How many of them are true? I have no idea. But right. there's a lot of them, and they've come from a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. LeBron. LeBron never wanted to come out and say, yeah, he was a nightmare. You notice he just doesn't talk about him ever? Oh, he's going to. We're going to oh. get that book. Oh, I'm, We're going to get the dish all. Oh, I want, I'm so ready for the, the, the last whatever it is with LeBron James. Whatever the sequel to The Last Dance is with LeBron James. The kid from Akron. I'm I, I'm fine with that. Right. I, I cannot wait for that because there are so many stories that I have always wanted to know the truth about. I think there's as many with those of those with LeBron as you're still as going a, down the Delonte West path, and I know. Well, <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. You uh, didn't have to say it. You've said it many times in the past. That I we all remember. I did not say that. I want that on the record. I did not say that, but. <laughs> No, because when we were talking about the last dance months ago, when we were oh yeah, in the that bunker. was the first. As yeah. I was watching the first, the last dance, yeah. the first thing that popped in my head was, man, the LeBron one of these is going to be phenomenal. Yep, the King from Akron. I've already named it for you. There you go. And there, yeah, there's a there's a whole. But I mean, I am not. I guess the reason that we didn't make this a priority to talk about is because I'm not surprised. No, he's probably the only player in the NBA that I would have looked at and gone, you know what. I'm just I'm I'm not shocked. And the fact that it just keeps getting worse, that this is now the fourth game that he will have ghosted his team. And now he's gonna have to serve a quarantine mm-hmm. at least two weeks, I'll bet, because he just went across the border. Well that's and that's a big problem. I mean the you gotta understand the team that plays in Toronto is not even in Toronto. Right. So I mean that's it, it's just it's all of the it, I like your term of trying to make an example of you cannot do this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, what, what is the point of making an example if this is the only guy that would ever do that? Yeah. What do you, and what are you going to do to make an example out of him? I, and and force him and to the be thing. there? And that's the thing is that guys, and there have been plenty of them over the years, that they, they figure out, oh, I can get away with this, yeah. and they just keep going. 
and going and going and going. Well, what can you do? Suspend him? Den- I mean, Dennis Rodman did this one time and wound up in uh, Vegas with Carmen Electra from, right. from the best of I remember of the last dance. Yes, exactly. That's the only thing that I think comes close to this. But even that, as we found out in the last dance, was sanctioned. The team was like, yes, go. You go. You, you go get your head right. You're all you crazy. I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't emphasize this enough. Can you imagine if that had happened in the Twitter age? Oh, like if Lord. it came out that Steve Nash just looked at Kyrie and went, "Go get your head right. Go, yeah. go, do, go, go, do what you got to do." And then he didn't tell any of us that. Mm-hmm. And then, like a week later, it comes out. Well, Coach Nash told me I could do it. Yeah. And then we would all just look at him like, "Oh, wait." Um, and now, Twitter would explode on that. See, I think this is an Adam Silver move. This is an Adam Silver move. And, the, I, and I don't the, think you're wrong. Right. I, I think this is a time that Adam Silver has to step in. Right. Adam Silver has to come in, and he has to be the guy to lay the hammer down on Kyrie Irving and say, this is not how we're going to do this. Like, you don't want to play. That's one thing. But you're not going to go out and just skirt all of the, uh, all of the protocols and stuff because that, that is a big deal. The NBA is trying their best to swim the waters here, to just keep their head above water with the coronavirus stuff. And it's getting worse and worse day after day. More and more teams are losing players. They're having to postpone games. They've only postponed four games to this point. But as Jeremy said in the Green on Green segment, we've got a matchup tonight of two teams that have a total of 17 players that are available. Well, and you have the news coming out from the NBA today that now they've got multiple players that have tested positive for a second time. Yeah. Which you know goes back to when the the testing was not exactly great, mm-hmm. but these are all bad stories for the for the league, right? And then you have one of your star players that's seen with Drake, and I, and, and it doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> You're so stuck on Drake, what? Because that's an identifiable figure, right? That's somebody that it, it would be one thing if he had gone to a birthday party for for his dad and his sister, and it was in a home and 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 all those things, and there was no. That, that, that there would be no expectation that somebody would have a camera phone. Right. You're with one of the most popular entertainers in the country. Of course somebody has a camera phone. Right. Of course you're going to end up on Instagram. So to me, this was basically spitting in the face of Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, and the whole Brooklyn Nets organization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, even if you had good personal reasons to not be at work, uh, if your boss saw you on Instagram or Facebook or whatever out partying while you're supposed to be at work, fired immediately. Now, that's not going to happen. But I do want to see something happen, and I do believe that Adam Silver has to be the one to make the example out of Kyrie Irving. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, a place in order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com You're in the sports tank. Ice up, son. Ice up. Yeah. 
The ones that hate me the most are just like me. ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Since, you know, he's going to be the only one playing tonight, we figured we'd play a little Tyler Hero for you. You heard this song before? I have not. It's called Tyler Hero. Oh. But Jack Harlow. Indeed. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I was listening it, to it earlier. I was like, man, that's a pretty good song. Yeah, if you're playing NBA DFS tonight and you don't have Tyler Hero, you're doing it wrong. Because <laughs> he might have 90. <laughs> It might be a, a Zach Levine type night. You know it's bad when I look at your at the eight guys that you have up for this game. And now understand, there is still a possibility this game does not happen. That's the one I was talking about. This game may not happen. Right. But all you have to have is one guy that has a, a test that doesn't come back in time and this game's postponed. Yeah. I looked at the roster and went, I don't know who three of those people are. Like I've never heard of them before. <laughs> They, you could literally have told me they were going to be our new producer, and I would have gone cool. Jo- I, 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 what was the kid's name? Jonathan Schaus or something? You, you were saying I, earlier. I don't even remember. Yeah, it was it was something weird. I was like, I, nope, that's that's beyond me. I haven't. I have no frame of reference for whoever that person is. Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers, seventeen players available for that game tonight. It might end up being the fifth NBA game of the season postponed. How long are we going to keep up the count? <laughs> Which count? The count of the number of games that have been postponed. Like they tried to do it during college football season, but then it got so many within the first week or two that they stopped giving the count. Right now, you've only got a handful in the NBA, so I wonder how long it's going to take. Uh, but you know, this is why the NBA did what they did with the way they set up the season with the schedules. You know, we're going to have, here's the first half schedule. Then we'll come up with the second half schedule. Cause we know we're going to have to make up games. I thought that was one of the most forward thinking things that the league did. And hey, got everybody, you know, everybody jumping on uh, the state of Alabama now, or at least just the city of Tuscaloosa with, uh, <laughs> with, oh my gosh, did you see the thousands of Bama fans flooding the streets last night celebrating and no one was distancing? Did you really? Did you su- think they would? Were you surprised by that? In the heart of SEC country, I'm not surprised by that at all. And I don't know why you should be either. The fact that the bars were packed for the game, like there were waiting, there were like wait lists to get into the bars last night to watch the game. I'm I'm, stunned. Yeah. And I don't think that there was very much distancing going on inside of those bars. We all knew this was coming. I'm I'm saying it was the smart thing to do. I'm just saying kids will be kids. Give them a break. Really, I, I'm just not going to talk about it. Well, that's fine. You don't. That's fine. You don't. You have don't to have to. We won't make you. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, Lincoln, Nebraska. They apparently have. Somebody that's driving around town. There have been seven reports uh, in the last week of a man driving around in a uh, gray Toyota Camry naked. No real reason. They apparently did catch up with the guy at one point. Apparently he just likes driving naked. And I mean, really in 2021, 
I mean, can't you just do you? Can't we just do whatever we want to? I mean, Kyrie Irving doesn't have to show up for work. Who says that I have to be wearing clothes while I'm driving around town in my Toyota Camry? Uh, there's a visual that's going to ruin the rest of my day. You just made my appetite. You made my diet way easier to stick to for the rest of the day because my diet will not appear and or my appetite will not appear. Until sometime tomorrow. On Sunday, just before 6 a.m., a 25-year-old woman called police to an apartment complex um, of a naked man in a Toyota. Uh, she had called in about him previously as well. There have been a total of seven reports around Lincoln of this guy driving around. They apparently did find him a few blocks away from where this report happened. They arrested the naked man. He bonded out later in the day. And then more reports came in. As people got wind of the arrest, they started to get more reports. So, yeah, apparently this has happened seven times in the last week. This guy has been seen driving around naked in a Toyota Camry. It's 2020. Why not? Uh, my, my weird news story is the blooming onion of weird stories because there are a lot of layers of why it's so confusing to me, but Massachusetts Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast museum, the site of the infamous 1892 double murder is being listed for sale with an asking price of $2 million. Yeah. The fall river Massachusetts house, which operates as a bed and breakfast with six bedrooms, as well as a museum with guided tours is currently being listed online for $2 million. Mm-hmm. This was the site of uh, a double murder on August 4th, 1892 of Andrew and Abby Borden, of which their daughter, Lizzie, was put on trial for and later acquitted. It is still unsolved. Mm. I have so many questions here. One, why would anybody want to go to a museum of a house where there was a murder committed? Two, why would you want to stay in a bed and breakfast in a house where a murder was committed? Three, who would want to buy a house where a murder was committed? (laughs) Who are these people that buy these things? I mean, I can't say. And who gave them $2 million? I can't say that if I had the money, I wouldn't do it. I mean, that's just like a cool piece of American history. But why? I don't know. It's just, it, it falls along those urban legend things. I don't know. I mean, like. My wife and I went on our honeymoon to Boston, and we went up and did all the historical stuff. You know, went to Old Ironside. Are you about to tell me you went to the Lizzie Borden house? No, we did not go to the Lizzie Borden house, though if I had known about it and it was in that area, I probably would have gone. No, we went to the we went to Salem. We went to Salem, Massachusetts, to the witch trials. Well, that's place. a part of history. I, and I get, first of all, touristy things like that. Uh, you it, hate them. If you invite me on a vacation and those are involved, I automatically have to wash my hair. Really? Uh-huh. Really? You're just out on learning about history? and No, I'll learn about history from the confines of my couch. No, there's something there's They something make different. Netflix for that. There's something different about being able to walk the streets where these famous people, you know, like, like one of the coolest things we did on that trip was go to the Old North Church and sat in, you know, sat in the pews and like... Think of how many, you know, who could have sat in this seat? John Adams could have sat in this seat. I'll tell you That's what. That's cool to me. I'll tell you what. I'll do you a favor. Mm-hmm. As a friend, I will I will do you a favor. I will never frequent those things, and that will keep the line from being longer for you. There you go. 
Because I would rather you take me out in the parking lot and hit me in the head with a stick. Right. Because that sounds horrendous. Right. But say, but like going to Salem and doing all the witch trial, the witch trial stuff and, you know, going to the museums and all. I get it. I understand. And I would, yeah, if I had $2 million, like if I hit the, what is it now? $520 million Powerball that it's up to now. If I hit that thing, I'd, I'd consider it. Suzanne St. John, the real estate agent from Century 21 that has this listing, said it's an incredible moneymaker. It's one of the top tourist attractions in New England. Most lucrative are the tours and then the bed and breakfast, of course, which is a destination point for lots of travelers. Who are these people? Who goes, I want to stay in a bed and breakfast where two people were killed like 130 years ago? What? I see you nodding. Yeah. You do I'm realize in. the people listening can't see that for one. I'm in. But why? Because I think it would, I just think it would be cool. You're, and, I, and I need you to understand that you're talking to a man that watches forensic files every day of my life. Right. I am very interested in things like this. I don't want to sleep there. But you don't see I don't want to sleep in it. Right. Okay. I mean, I don't I want a vacation well. there. I just, there are things that people do on vacations that I, people that shop on vacations. I'll never understand that. I don't get that either. I, it, I'm going on vacation in a couple weeks. Yeah. So I will be, for those of you that hate me, you get a, a two day break from me because I will be gone from this chair for two days. I fully plan on doing nothing for four days. That's a good I idea. don't want to see anything. We're staying right on the beach. I plan on sitting on the beach. I don't care that it's 60 degrees. I like the beach. I want to listen to the waves crash. I want to have my little fruity island beverage, and I want to sit in my chair. And that's all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. That's that's vacation for me. All right. I want to eat good food. Yep. I want to relax, and I want to not do things. You know what I don't want to do on vacation? Learn. I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn anything. <laughs> Frankly, I would like to get dumber on vacation if at all possible. Hmm. There are, you know, there is a time. There's something to be said for that. But there's also, there are destinations where you go and the history is the big allure to a lot of people. And see, I can't, re- and for those of you that would do that, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I am, I am glad that that is how you spend your vacation time. Mainly because that means there will be at least a couple empty chairs around me. Right. But I just, I don't get it. I don't understand the allure of that. Like going to museums mm-hmm. and I, I, I will never understand that. Yeah. Now, granted, what we do is perfectly suited to me because I don't particularly like leaving my house. If it was up to me, I would never, I'd like, I wouldn't ever leave my house. Right. I would barricade myself in there and, and, and never see people again. Not because I'm averse to people, but because I, all of my cool stuff is in my house. Well, wait, you and I have talked about taking a trip to the Hall of Fames. We've talked about that. Yeah. And that one, you know, that's a learning trip. Yeah. That's, and and know, I have, and I'm not going to lie, I have a, a vision of one day doing a year of this show from the road. Mm, oh, that would be awesome. In the RV, right, driving around, all those things. I have kicked the tires on that more than once. That would be cool. I could do that. I don't want to stay in the killer house. I just don't. <laughs> I do. It gives Somebody me the says, heebie-jeebies. Hey, we have this, uh, you know, we have this bed and breakfast, and it's and 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 it may or may not be haunted. And you, you know, 
strange you ever been, things. You ever been in anything haunted? I have not, and I want to. I have. Have you? Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in it at all. I think it's pure hokum. Okay. But. But. Uh-huh. And it's a big but. There were things that happened in that place that I cannot explain, and I do not want to think about. See? I saw things that haunt my nightmares. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. My sister used to work at a ski lodge up in uh, up in Maine, and that place was haunted. And that was kind of the allure for people, was that they wanted to come and see what would what would happen in the middle of the night. Some people don't dig that. Other people do. And as we all know in America, especially these days, the macabre sells. I mean, how many of these, you know, you listen to this radio station all day long and you can hear all of the, all of the promos for the podcasts on the iHeartRadio app. And there are a lot know, of podcasts now about people killing people. Right. It's all about true crime and, uh, you know, stories of the weird. And what was that? Kesha's got one with Alice Cooper where they're talking about demons and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, people are into that stuff. And I understand why the Lizzie Borden house is very popular up there in Massachusetts. Now I want to go on my next trip to Boston. I might have to make that happen. I have to wash my hair that day. <laughs> Jeremy's just going to be completely out on that. Things are weird, by the way, for the uh, for the UT program. We talked about the volunteers, and you know they went through the hiring freeze. Apparently, the hiring freeze is over. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if that means the firing freeze is over. Maybe. Um, with all of the investigation going on into possible recruiting violations by the UT staff and uh, head coach Jeremy Pruitt, they put the hiring freeze on until they didn't. Now it's being reported, sources telling ESPN, that former Auburn defensive coordinator Kevin Steele has agreed to join the Tennessee football coaching staff. Kevin Steele played at Tennessee. He has deep ties to the Tennessee program. And apparently this is a done deal. I don't know where it stands for what's going on with the investigations and whether or not Jeremy Pruitt's going to be fired or whether or not Kevin Steele might be getting a look at that head coaching position. I don't think so. But I would kind of think that if you were going to make a head coaching change, you're going to fire Jeremy Pruitt when you kind of let him pick his own staff. That's the part of this that doesn't make any sense. Right. Unless they've already run this by Hugh Freeze, and Hugh Freeze was like, "Yeah, I'll Hugh do Freeze that. Is like, yeah, I'll take Kevin Steele. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take Kevin Steele. That's fine. And uh, whenever you guys figure out what you're going to do with Jeremy, I'll be right here. I Tennessee makes my head hurt. It, it really does. Uh huh. So you you come out at the end of last week with the story of we're going to freeze hiring until there's a resolution to this, and then. Four days later, we hired Kevin Steele. And you said nothing else. Uh-huh. Do you realize how disingenuous that is to your fr- to, to your fan base? <laughs> like, I, I look at it, I know we told you that we would give you information about what was going to happen. And we have information it's that we've hired Kevin Steele. <laughs> uh, but we thought you weren't hiring anybody. Yeah, we had Hired Kevin Steele. Well, we couldn't pass this opportunity up. I mean, Kevin Steele's such a great defensive coordinator, and he wasn't retained by Brian Harson, who's the new coach at Auburn, so we didn't want anybody else to scoop in and get him, and so we had to make this deal now. Is that not something that you can sell to a fan base? I honestly don't 
I don't know what outside of hiring Hugh Freeze you could do to to rev up the fan base at Tennessee. I think that's a done deal. And and this is just me speaking out of nowhere. I think that's already a done deal. I think they've already decided this some kind of impropriety is going to come up in this. They know they, there's too much evidence already. They've already sat players down at the end of the season, apparently tied to this, so they can prove that something happened. Well, that's not necessarily true. Okay, you can sit you sit guys out of an abundance of caution once you know something could have happened mm-hmm. because they they'll give you a little leeway if you take action once you know a thing could be a thing. If you take no action. They will hammer you. So that could have just been the abundance okay. of caution. All right, maybe. I just don't understand. None of this makes any sense. You say we won't hire anybody, and then four days later you hire somebody. But but what about what about what you just said? And what did you resolve with Jeremy Pruitt? So does this mean he's staying, or does this mean you want Kevin Steele to replace him as the interim coach? By the way, that's the conspiracy theory running running rampant around the inter, the interwebs right now. Is that Steele's going to be the interim? Is that Kevin Steele's the interim? Is that they have actually made the decision to fire Jeremy Pruitt for cause? They would make Kevin Steele the interim for a year, and that would keep them from paying a the buyout and b another big salary in the COVID year. Yeah, that is one hundred percent a conspiracy theory. I have no proof of that, but it is everywhere. Well, they don't. I don't think they have to worry about the buyout. Because if they can fire him for cause, they don't owe him nothing. Yeah, but the point is that you wouldn't have to pay like a big bonus to Hugh Freeze ah, or anything like that. You're saying. You got Kevin Steele at a deal. He's going to be the interim coach. You give right. him the year. Maybe he winds up with the job. And that's how you sold it to him. Maybe. I, I just don't see the Tennessee. But now that you also know there is a connection. Cool There's a connection between Steele and Pruitt. What's that? They worked at Alabama together. They were on Saban's staff together. Gotcha. So that's the other conspiracy is that they already know they're not going to do anything with Jeremy Pruitt, and they just don't want to let any of the information out so that nobody can contradict what they say. Right. I do love the interwebs for their their, their fun conspiracy theories. That is that is quite the... There's a lot of people on, on Twitter that seem to not exactly have a whole lot to do. I guess I didn't, really, I didn't really realize how well-connected Kevin Steele is. I think he's worked for every team south of us. Right. For like 500 miles. Right. I mean, he's already worked with Bobby Bowden, Tom Osborne, Dabo Sweeney, Les Miles, Nick Saban. He worked for the Carolina Panthers for three years. Like, dude's been around. Well, he's also 62 years old. And now he is apparently the new defensive coordinator at Tennessee. We'll see if he'll be the interim head coach. We'll see if he'll be the head coach. There's just a there's a lot of open ended questions that have been left out there by Tennessee, and and I and I for one do not understand it. No, but I mean we're you know one more day closer to the answer, <laughs> and I'm sure Vol fans are just real happy to be in this situation right now. Hey, we're just seven months away from college football season. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Monkey Knife Fight coming up next. All right, time for a Monkey Knife Fight. Go to monkeyknifefight.com. Create your account today. Daily fantasy sports props. It's a whole lot of fun, and Jeremy loves giving away 
free money. And by the way, if you sign up today at monkeyknifefight.com and make your initial investment, Monkey Knife Fight will give you free money. They will match your initial investment up to $50 just for using the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. They will also give you a $5 free play, which you could use on tonight's game, Jeremy. I am playing the scoring champ. Scoring champ. So what scoring champ is that you have to pick a level of points that three guys are going to surpass. Uh-huh. I am taking Tyler Hero, who is the only player for the Miami Heat, uh, my new best friend, Nikola Jokic, and Kevin Durant, who is the only player for the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. And what's your scoring, or what's the goal? So you can go 97.5 combined points, which will pay you 1.8 per uh, X of your entry fee, 111.5, which will pay you 3X, or do what I'm doing and go for 120.5, which will pay you four times your buy-in. That's a lot. So your $10 buy-in would turn into $40. Jeez. Well, you're, you say that's a lot. That is uh, a lot. You really need to look at the Miami Heat and realize that there are two people that can score. Okay. I mean, this could be a game where they play eight players and all but 20 of their points were scored by two guys. Should We should throw out there, though. That game someone, may not happen. Right. If someone does not play, they nix your your prop bet. Yes, they they will refund the right, right. It it didn't cost you anything, but they will take it off the board, basically. Yes, if you put somebody that's in a game that does not happen, right. So you're going to run that risk tonight with Tyler Hero. I think you, if that game wasn't going to happen, I think you'd already know. It's almost okay. five o'clock. That game tips at seven thirty, I think. Okay, I think we would already know. All right, all right. They do the test in the morning, that's so theoretically, that, one of those would have already come. That, by. that that game just makes me nervous because. You know, 120 points, that's a lot. <laughs> All right, so Tyler Hero, Kevin Durant, and who was the third? Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Indeed. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Use the promo code TANK. T-A-N-K. I know we don't really want to talk about this again, but I just saw the story about Jeffrey Laurie the Philadelphia Eagles, and talking about the firing of Doug Peterson and saying that it had nothing to do with Carson Wentz, I think might be one of the biggest public lies we've seen in a long time. Well, it 100% had to some. I mean, they picked Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson. That's, that's how that's I ex- see it. That's exactly how this went. That's how I see it. But according to the story, Lurie said that the decision to move on from Doug Peterson was not specific to Wentz or one position group, focusing instead on the regression of the offense overall in a season during which the NFL set a record for points scored. Lurie uh, did not commit to Wentz returning next season, but did suggest that the new coaching staff would work with the quarterback to get him back on track. So you're saying this was about Carson Wentz? Or was it not about Carson Wentz? Or... It was no, no, it wasn't. I I don't know anymore. And then and, and then he said, you know, Doug really didn't deserve to get fired. That that was the funniest <laughs> line that I saw. <laughs> but we felt we had to do something. Let me let me ask you a question. I want to see I want to see how long it takes for you to get this right. Okay, who was the leading yardage receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles? Leading yardage receiver was it Greg Ward? No, he was three. Huh. Was it Jalen Rager? No, he was four. Was it 
Oh, who was the guy? Uh, Travis Fulgham, or that's the one. Fulgham, or what? Travis Fulgham. Fulgham. He had five hundred and thirty-nine yards receiving. Oh my gosh! And mm-hmm. he was the leading receiver. Mm-hmm. Yikes! It's no bueno, man. Yeah, I mean, they had, literally, the, it, it's a joke. I mean, John Hightower, mm-hmm. you know, Boston Scott, Richard Rogers, who I think's been on forty-six teams in the NFL. Deontay Burnett, Jason Croom, Adrian Killings Jr. These guys all caught passes for the Eagles this year. Yeah. It's easier for for in terms of Lurie and Howie Roseman if they're going to continue this relationship. It's much easier for them to blame Doug Peterson than it is for the, for them to blame themselves. This is the worst group of skill position players I have ever seen. I mean, it's pathetic. Mm-hmm. In the greatest receiver draft we've probably ever seen, you bypassed a no. I mean, now we know this a year later, but even I made fun of Jalen Rager. And I wasn't in on Justin Jefferson. Right. There were eight more receivers that I liked better. And you found a way to come away with a guy who a year later is still a question mark mm-hmm. and stayed hurt. That's on you. That's not on Doug. And I got news for you. I'm about 95% sure that Doug is going to wind up with another job in New York in about mm, four days. Four days? Uh, do you find it ironic that the Jets started doing second interviews with their finalist? And yeah, I used the little quotation oh, marks. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Today, Robert Salah was the first one. I have a better job of, I have a better chance of getting that job than Robert Salah does. Yeah. I think so. When when the biggest problem on this team is that you have to figure out the offense. Now, granted, he does come with Matt LaFleur's little brother that that would come to be his offensive coordinator. There's a thought there. And I would say that's probably why why they're giving him a second interview. Mm -hmm. I see no shot of him getting this job. To me, it's Doug Peterson, and I don't say how it's anybody else. Yeah, I mean, well, when you're when you're tight with the GM and you have a Super Bowl ring, exactly that you two won together. This is pretty pretty done deal. It, it yeah, I, I struggle to see it be going any other way. <laughs> uh, it's going to be fun to follow, and be sure to follow, like, and share the Sportsocracy on all of the social medias. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at nine a.m. back here on ESPN Asheville. Tomorrow at three. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. We'll see you tomorrow.